You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. everyone, 3.34 on a Monday afternoon. Great to have your company on Melbourne Cup Eve. Really looking forward to today's show. It's got a little bit of a racing theme about it. We're live from Studio Luma, we say. Thanks to Hyundai and Balfour's. Good old Balfour's. They've been baking South Australians happy since 1853. Let's welcome the Rooch. Party people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch. Hello, Roachy, Roach, Roach, how was your weekend? Busy, Kim, but we get to the first Tuesday in November and we got to get busy with the form guide. Oh, well, we, no, you don't, Roach, you don't even have a bet. That was all theatre. No, I always have a bet on Melbourne Cup, just a lazy little one just to get myself What did you back last year? I, oh, I can't remember. remember. What did you back the year before? I can't remember that one either. Have you ever backed a winner? Three years ago, I think I did. Oh, Miles tipped us that, uh, Vow and Declare. Right. Yes. Back in the old studio. That's right. We helped launch his career. Exactly. Yes. yes. Oh, well, we're having one of his colleagues on today, Group 1 winning jockey, retired jockey, David Taggart, who's yep. part of the SEN track team. He's an absolute ripper. Uh, just going through the guests, so, Roots, we do have a racing theme. At 4 o'clock, I'm a little bit excited and starstruck. Michelle Payne will join us. A winner. The only female to have ever won the Melbourne Cup. That will change eventually, won't they? There will oh, be a, quite so. a club of them eventually, yeah. I would hope so. Yeah. How yeah. many this year are racing? Uh, two. Two. Rachel King and Jamie Carr. Okay. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to talking to Michelle. Claire Lindop will join us, part of the SEM She's a winner team. as well. She's won many races. Absolute pioneer and trailblazer yep. in the industry, uh, not just for women, but uh, took out the Jockeys' Championship on yes. numerous occasions yep. here and won a Victorian Derby as well. And a lovely friend of our network. Yeah, absolute ripper. So we don't see forward. her as much anymore. She used to be in here every Thursday. Well, they work in the other studio rooms. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, you really haven't got your finger on the pulse, have you? No. Not um, in that regard. So Claire Lindop, but uh, no, everywhere else, you are... You are <laughs> All over everything like a rash. I just don't know what's happening in my own backyard. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about time you got that sorted out, Roach. Those, uh, those extensions, I'm going to have to go around and have a look. They've been going on for five uh, years. If you turn up, you're going to have to do some work. You don't just turn up. That's fine. I'll have a great What are you good at? Being told what to do. Right. Okay. There's so a bit I of know, painting to be done shortly. Yeah, yeah. If you can stop this rain, I'll get on with the painting. You've had five years to paint it, Roach. Yeah. Um, David Taggart, as I mentioned, at 4.35. At 4.50, we'll be joined by Abby Ballard from the Adelaide Crows. They did it hard against St yeah, Kilda. Story of the year, isn't it? They don't kick accurately, but they always find a way to win, and now they're into a qualifying final on Friday night. Mm, at 6.40. Our time? 
Icon, Icon Park, which Princess is the Park. old Princess Park. So we'll have a chat to uh, Abby, affectionately known as Baz. Uh, 5 p.m. Bharat Sundarasan, a global cricket guru, Australia take on Ireland tonight, 6:30 our time at the Gabba. Uh, won't be that easy. No, and, and we need to theme. up our run rate as well. And there's a theme emerging in this World yeah. Cup that you want to actually get in there. Yeah, get in there and get some runs pretty quickly because you just never know what's going to happen weather-wise or result-wise. Yeah, it's been a fascinating World Cup for that. We've talked about this over the years when we were at AA, I think four years ago as well. I find it somewhat farcical that you have a world event to the magnitude of what the ICC World Cup is. And no reserve dates? And No reserve dates and games and the champion of the world can be determined by the weather. Yeah. Well. You have Marvel Stadium sitting there and... Yes, you do, but if you don't have yeah, if you don't have the provision to to use it, you're going to get caught short as they did at the well, MCG they, with they Australia don't. and England. So that's worked to Australia's favour that result. It has, Kim. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, as long, as, long as New Zealand pump England, oh, go Kiwis. Mm. Well, we'll wait and see. We'll talk to Barat. And at uh, 5.15 in his new time now, we'll be having a chat to the human dog, Toddy Gray from Greyhound Racing SA. Very good. And, of course, we're live and interactive. If you want to have your say, if you just want to send through what your tip is and why, by all means, do it. We will listen. You will not be ridiculed because we've got no idea. Mm. Uh, we're here thanks to Balfour's. The Balfour's in one hand, your team's colours in the others. Balfour's are for the game. We appreciate and love their support. Uh, if you want to get interactive, 0427154166. A little bit of news around in footy world, Reach. Before we get to it, though, yep. we must say tomorrow, I'm sure no one will be driving off the road when they hear this. Take it easy. It's wet out there. We're not on tomorrow, but there's a good reason. SEN's coverage of the Melbourne Cup is absolutely enormous. It starts at 5.30 in the morning. So between 5.30 and 7.30, there's a Melbourne Cup Day breakfast with Gareth Hall and Miles Fitzner. So Fitzy will be up nice and early. 7.30 to 9.30, a Melbourne Cup Day special edition of Gerard Waitley and Gareth, Gareth Hall. Then from 9.30 right through until 5, the boys will be going 100 miles an hour. They'll be trackside with Cam Luke, Campbell Brown, former Hawthorne strongman, Gold Coast maniac, and part of the SEN team and a horse owner. He's had some good yes, horses. Yes. Uh, David Taggart and Miles Fitzner. So a massive coverage that you can get right here on 1629 or on the app. We'll have all bases covered for the Melbourne Cup. So looking forward to that, Rooch. All right, let's go around the grounds. Who would have thought? We're talking racing, but uh, there's been some footy clubs that have been sharpening the knife again. What's happening yeah. in the Swannies? Well, October 31 is the end of what is known as the football year. It's when they cut off all the finances and when you have to have your last list nominations in preparing for the draft. So Sydney's made another three changes. Three. So they clearly want to get busy into the draft. Sam Naismith who came out of the academy at Sydney. He's had about three knee recos, hasn't he? Yeah, well, that's that's the sad bit about it. Eventually, someone makes a call on you, and they have mm. at Sydney. The other one who's interesting is because we always remember his third game, seven goals against Hawthorne at the MCG. Ronky. Ronky. Gone. 44 games, 39 goals. Ronky Gonski. Yes, there's a headline. That's not um, – how old, Rooch? Have you got his age? Oh, no, I don't actually. He's one of those many players that uh, may well, – we'll get Bumfluff Benny to chase that up. Um, he's another player. I saw Matty Rendell, when he was working for SEN in Melbourne, said he thought 
13 of the delisted players would definitely get picked mm. up. I think it might be more. 24 years of age, Ben Ronke. Okay. Started in 2018 in that third game against Hawthorne, seven goals at the MCG. And the other one who has been delisted there is James Bell. And he's always promised Rookie a drafting. lot. Yeah, just teased a little bit, but has some ability. What's happening at the Roos? This one will delight a lot of Kangaroos fans. G'day Cooper Steve. Harvey, uh, son of the greatest kangaroo of all time, but, as so he would say, Brent Harvey. Yeah, so he's a Joey. Yes, good point. And did he ever light it up in the under-18s, kicking that winning goal for his Victorian team in the national championships? He's nominated as father-son and seriously, shouldn't even be an issue, should they? That's the sort of father-son that should be almost automatic if you're a 400-game player, isn't it? Well, as long as you can play. No, but I mean, you know, we have this system now of bidding and clubs. Keeper Harvey belongs at North Melbourne. And then I look, two sets of rules. Just I understand. Someone... I'm just talking about the romance of okay. father son. And then you get you can point out there are some father sons who've had sons who have preferred to stay away from their father's mm. club for good reason. Romance has never been your strong suit. Thank Rich. you. I was surprised. By that. <laughs> Alan Davy, you remember oh. his hundred games at Essendon? Yep. Hundred games qualifies you for father son eligibility. Mm. He has twin sons. Alwyn Jr. and Jaden, who have nominated to be father-son picks at Essendon, which becomes interesting how you do that in the bidding. Who do you name first? Who do you go for first? If, if it wasn't now, difficult with the cloaks and the and the Dacos issue at Collingwood, here it is, Essendon. Who are you picking, Alwyn or Jaden? There'll be a hypocrite here. This okay. is where romance should come into <laughs> it. If you're a twin, you get a two-for-one. I don't mind that. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, it gets hey. all... Yeah, we do make up the rules as we go here, don't we? <laughs> I'm a lateral thinker, Roach. All righty. So, and uh, yeah, so that's Ruse and Essen, and that's about yep. all that's happening in the footy world at the moment. If you've heard something that we haven't, by all means. Hey, we did hear something on Thursday, didn't we? We had a nice photograph sent to us of Ooh. Jason Horn Francis in his hospital bed, and we were a little concerned as to the validity of it. And the... No, it was real, Roach. It was real. I, I said, been in a few hospital beds, that was real. So he's had. The uh, pressure taken off his blood circulation at the back of his knees. Interesting, mm. that. If you don't have good blood circulation there, the bone gets a little bit brittle. Okay. So, yeah, interesting how, I mean, that's all. And then. Not qualified like, to speak on what sort of procedure that is and what it really means, yeah. but it's interesting. Well, I haven't had too many concerns. Uh, I had a chat to Daniel Nort on Friday, their media manager. Mm. Good, good man, Nort's. And, yeah, unless he was keeping his clouds very close to his chest, I don't think anyone has any, too many concerns at the moment. But there were concerns that the story got out. And because it got out on our station, Roach, there was a bit of an investigation behind the scenes. And it was one of our listeners that actually notified us. And it was actually Jason's mum that put the They're photos Facebook. up. Yep. And the club was trying to keep it on the down low a little bit, mm. which you understand until they got the green light that everything was okay. Exactly. So the, the point made at Alberton yesterday was that Jason Horn Francis put this on the table, but he wanted it done now. Not Most players want to just get into pre-season training, you know, make an impression at their footy club. He made it very clear to Port, no, I need this done so I can be the best in the season, not the pre-season. Yep. Interesting. It makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Mm. All righty, let's jump into a few things. It was the final round of the AFLW. As we mentioned, the Crows have finished in third position as we thought they would. This is their coach, Doc Clark, on um, their thought, his thoughts over their win over St Kilda. Um, well, I was happy with the second half. I thought uh, the first half was pretty poor, to be honest. Um, but credit to St Kilda. They brought, you know, they brought a energy pressure. 
Uh, they were using the ball well, and we probably just, yeah, we were just a little bit off our best. But the ability to respond uh, and get an outcome was really good. Obviously, it was significant in the in the context of the season. So, um, yeah, to get top four is a great result. Alrighty. What's your read on Chelsea Rand? Are you getting any mail? Well, uh, I haven't got the grand ankle there, injury. But I, I watched I watched his interview. Yeah. All right, and uh, That's I Matthew thought, Clark. Yep, yep. I thought the way he spoke that there's a. I would imagine she'll play, but that's just me doing some body language reading and mm. guessing. Uh, this is Doc about how they turned it around in the second half. Yeah, probably the pressure that we'd brought in the first half probably wasn't at the level, and St Kilda were able to then get the ball in their fourth half. The inside 50 differential was pretty significant. So better pressure around the contest, started to move the ball forward, and then probably that last quarter we you know, got the game on our terms, kicking with a bit of a breeze, uh, but we were able to lock it in and, and get some score. So... In the end, very happy to get the win. Hmm. So they take on Melbourne at 6.40 at Icon Park Friday Friday night. It'll be interesting. I think there'll be a lot of eyes on the TV, what the ratings figures will be for that game. Good point. If they win that one, Roach, then it's a home final. Then they're a silly chance. Home preliminary final, which would be interesting where that Hmm. would be played. Unlikely to be Adelaide Oval because of commitments to cricket there. See how the calendar flows. which, Which cricket commitments? No, they've got the deck in there already, Kim. They've got mm. – um, I, I think you'll find that once you've got a cricket pitch in, you're not to play games on there. So where would it go, Norwood? Or do they stick with Unley? Mm, interesting. We'll find yeah, out. They've got to win the game first. Roach, yeah, good point. your mob first. stuffed up my Thursday Thorcast. I thought you oh, could win, and, and that wasn't being um, negative towards – Essendon, who played some good footy this oh, they year. They played very well on Sunday. There's, there's been good signs with Port Adelaide. Yeah, they look like they're strong in defence. They're creative in the midfield. It just doesn't happen inside 50. And some of their work inside 50 yesterday was just a whole, like a review package of their year. They they make bad choices inside the well attacking and, truly, and yeah. they win so much of the footy as well. Uh, here's their coach, Lauren on Arnell, on where it broke down entering the forward 50. Hey, I think credit to Essendon's pressure. I think Essendon were able to pressure our players and force little handballs, which caused turnover, which I think our group is not really a trademark of our group to do that. So I think credit to Essendon. They're clearly a better team today. Um, And, yeah, it it meant that we missed opportunities to score when we had opportunities to score. So in that second quarter, the instruction at quarter time from Lauren Arnell was back off on the handball. It's getting you into trouble. Second quarter, they handballed twice as much because Essendon... Essendon just kept at them. Yeah. They were very good at just making sure they were kept honest at the contest. And when you're young side, it gets down to decision-making. Absolutely. And under pressure, young players make a lot of poor decisions. Can I get on soapbox? Yep. Now, I hope the Essendon player who took that heavy knock and we had, again, a, a game stop, what mm-hmm. the doctors did, as they have to do. I hope she's all well today. But I thought... Earlier in the game, and I noticed there was commentary about even the North Melbourne game where the same sort of issues are are coming up. I'm not sure the AFLW umpires are protecting players who are getting hit around the head. I don't agree with that. You don't? No. You didn't see a heap of that on the weekend Uh, where they're not paying? No, no. I saw one uh, Essendon girl get hit high. That tackle was just freakish and unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, It was all legal. It was a grab of the arm. There was no dumping of the player. The person, just the player, got herself in a very awkward position. I know. I know Erin Phillips wasn't happy with one moment where she was cleaned up front. To to contact sport, Rooch. Oh, not to their head. No, I think it's been really well umpired. Oh, I'll I'll disagree. All right. Well, we'll agree to disagree. Mm. Um, 
Let's go to, I don't know if you asked this question. Were you at the press conference? I'm at everyone at the press like, conference. It sounds like one of yours, uh, whether they saw the season as a pass mark. We'll go into really heavy review over the next fortnight of everything that we do. Um, one thing I can assure Port Adelaide people is we'll do, we'll leave no, no stone unturned in getting better. What we feel really confident in is when you assess an expansion team in Season 7 of AFLW, you look at every element. It's not just wins and losses, and we're really confident as a football program. We feel so confident we do this better than any other club in terms of the whole program and what we, what we can offer the group, um, the, the level of club support from the absolute top right down um, to even our, our trainers on game day and at trainings. We, our people are, are the best people in the comp and now we get some more time to, to put, translate that onto on-field wins. Um, we're frustrated. Um, yeah, look, I think in every press conference I've done, Rich has been here all the way through with me. Um, we, we're we pretty good footy side and we just haven't been able to show the wins and losses for that. Um, and we don't just want to be a pretty good footy side. We, we want to be far better than that. Gut feel? No, no inside knowledge on this one. Just gut feel. The message that Lauren Arnell was selling yesterday, the one that David Koch spruiked up this morning where he talks about Port Adelaide having the best home attendances, which is a figure that's boosted by what happened at Adelaide Oval with the showdown, but mm. okay, that's the figure. I just sense they want to land a big fish, that they've realised they've got a, a good squad in terms of youth that's going to build for many, many years on. That was their strategy, go young keep it all together, build as time goes on. But they need results, and I think they want to land a big fish. Now, Erin Phillips is confirmed for next season. Yes, heard Julia Haslam say that at uh, three-quarter time with Mark Soderstrom, definitely playing, which is good. She's, she's had a pretty good year. Yeah. I'd like I mean, to see her up for more. Year. Yeah. But unfortunately, the way the ball comes in, it doesn't help her game, and her decision-making so good around the ground. Got to go to a break, Rich. Mm. On the other side, Lauren was asked about what they need to work on in the off-season. We'll come back and see if she's on the same train as you. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 56 Melbourne Cup Eve. We're here thanks to Hyundai, the Tucson Turbo Diesel. It is in stock now and we're live from Studio Lumo. We say take it easy on the roads. It's a little wet and drizzly and slippery out there. Now, this text has come through with a fake name, Roach. A fake really? name because I know it's Mario's number. Mario from Maslin and he's oh, a port man. You've exposed him. I am. I'm going to call him out here because he's a port man and he sent this text. He says, how can a coach, this is in regards to Lauren Arnell, how can a coach who won one game say their side is good? Call this nonsense out, Rucci. Your club is peddling fake news. Oh, it's a good squad. It's coming back from a long, long way back in terms of where the competition is at. But you go through that squad, Kim. I think the only thing it lacks I thought is... They, I thought it was a bit of an oversell, Lauren, there. Oh, I know no, you got to look like at the I said, I think, I think they, they're after a result with every, all this spruiking that they're doing in the past 48 hours. Every club thinks they have the best staff. Yeah. Well, they should. Yeah. Uh, this one says, uh, is there look, a they, name? Look, I know that Juliet Haslam and Rachel Spawn, with their yeah. understanding of what elite sport is at an Olympic level and so forth, have worked very, very hard to make sure this program Root, is on a I know that base. everyone does. Yes. But you just got to call as you can see it. People aren't blind. But I reckon they're on a sales pitch. They're after something. Um, well, I'm not going to 
bag, those ladies you just mentioned. They've been friends for mm. a lifetime. God, oh, I shouldn't blaspheme. I'll change it. Take that back. Did I say that? Goodness. <laughs> Goodness Port had tickets on themselves. They are the best at everything. Yeah, it was a strong sell, Lauren, but that's that's fair enough. Let's hear from her one more time. Um, Lauren Arnell, after their loss yesterday, was asked what they need to work on in the off-season. Oh, fitness is really obvious, as I said, Roach. Um, that's, you know, you look at across our group, um, we've had a group of players who played a W season. Um, most, a big chunk of the players that came from W teams played finals. Um, and so they were playing for their their previous team right through April um, and we got them mid-June. Um, our draftees had seven-week pre-season after playing school footy, um, state league footy and winning a national championships for South Australia. And then they spun that into um, a pretty quick turnaround and into a seven-week pre-season for us. So, you know, there's, there's some really obvious areas where with time over summer um, and over the autumn, we look to put a, put a big chunk of SANFL games into our players where we can. Um, you know, really big believer that the more the more high-level footy that you play, the better that you get. So we, we've already put a lot of steps in place to make that happen. Um, and understand, as I said earlier, I'm, I know I'm quite bullish in saying we do this better than any club. Um, obviously got a fair bit of experience around the competition and I don't say that lightly. Um, and so we'll put every ounce of support that we can around our group um, to get better. I understand what she's saying, but you can't go saying you do it better than anyone else. Crows won three flags. Mm. Brisbane, but look at their program. Say, it just comes with time. I think they're after something. They must um, be trying to impress someone. We're getting a bit of love, Rooch. You two circus clowns. That's us. <laughs> yeah, should have a coffee on the Melbourne Cup winner. Dylan gets the even numbers. And Rucci, being an oddity, gets <laughs> oh, the odd numbers. I don't mind P- that. Peter from Peterhead. Let's do that. Well, that means I miss out on 13, 17 and 21, which were all my league numbers. And they were odd. Just let it go for once. Let's do it. All right, don't get aggressive. <laughs> uh, we owe me two coffees, so that'll be three. Oh, talk about getting ahead of yourself. Well, I know that my selection to win is number 24. Uh, appreciate that text. All right. We're going to go to someone qualified, Rooch, instead oh, of us waffling that. on. We need that. We're a little bit excited. It's four o'clock. After the news, the only female to have ever yes. won the Melbourne Cup in the history of the race, Michelle Payne, will join us. Thanks to Channel 10. Just after four o'clock, Kimbo on the Roots with you. This is the run home. Thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Well, Roots, we've heard it a million times over the years, but tomorrow is the race that stops a nation. And the host broadcaster is Channel 10. Their coverage will start from 9.30 in the morning. It goes through till 5pm. And one of the stars of their coverage, very excited about this, Roots, is the only female jockey ever to win the Melbourne Cup. And that is... Where's the applause? Where's the applause? Well, that's mine. Where are the trumpets? Michelle Payne, thank you, Michelle, for doing this. Where have we got you? Uh, I'm on my way back to Melbourne, being up at Ballarat at the farm with the horses and heading back to uh, Melbourne. Got a horse racing in the last race at Ballarat, so hopefully he runs well. Uh, Any chance? What's the name? Uh, His name's Rambler Rebel, and he's a sneaky cart, I think. He's a very good galloper, um, big, strong horse, carrying... A bit of weight in not a bad field, but I think he does go quite well. So definitely worth having a look at. Is he by Rebel Raider, a great South Australian horse? No, you would think so. He's uh, oh. he's by Uncle Mo, so no, no, no. <laughs> we like Rebel Raider, but I got <laughs> the that. Name does- 
<laughs> well, I got that wrong, didn't I? Hey, uh, you said you're leaving Ballarat. It'll be snowing there with the weather you're getting over there at the moment. Oh, my God. It has been horrendous. Last night, I thought I was in a hurricane. Um, it was windy and raining, but it's actually got down, thank God, the rain and uh, the wind and the rain. But I think there's some more power. Michelle, as Kim said, it is the day that stops the nation. And for most of us, we're thinking, where are we going for our long lunch? But I'd love to know, what memories does Melbourne Cup Day flood back into your mind? Oh, my God. The day that changed my life forever. Yeah. And <laughs> still can't believe that we were lucky enough to win our greatest race. It's just, it, it, honestly, every time you, this time of year comes around and you look at the race and you try to find the winner, you know, you know how hard it is to get into the race, let yeah. alone to win it. Um, Amazing. But, but when you say change your life forever, how much did it change? Well, they made a bloody movie after yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> One, there's, there's a movie about my life, and uh, yeah, you, you know, it's just it's hard to believe that one three minute race can have you meeting all kinds of people like yeah. Roger Federer, Usain Bolt, um, Serena Williams, some of my favourite sports people like you could never have dreamed of. Um, but being able to, you know, experience some of those things has just been unbelievable. Well, it was seven years ago that you won it. We don't want to get too political, but only one female jockey tomorrow, and that's our very own Jamie Carr. Does that frustrate you, surprise you, or is that just where it sits at the moment? It's two, actually. You've got about four Rachel King. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think she has been a bit forgotten, Rachel. Sorry. She's got a good chance as well. Um, look, it is, it's, it's, it is what it is. Um, it's obviously our greatest race, and of all the female jockeys and all the male jockeys in Australia, they all want to ride in our great race. Mm. So, with the ratio of probably the numbers in total, I think um, it's good to see two out there at least. Usually, there's either zero or one. Um, so, I think it's, it's times are slowly changing, and I think we'll start to see more and more as time progresses. We've got Alana Kelly coming through the riding ranks here in Melbourne. She's doing an unbelievable job. She's seriously not too far behind um, the likes of James Carr, who's dominated here. She's doing so well. Um, and Rachel King, I think Rachel's an absolute superstar and not on the worst chance tomorrow either. He's, he's um, got some pretty good form around some nice horses her, her mount and Got a nice lightweight, just a matter of whether he handles the wet conditions if you get that and the 3,200 metres, which is an unknown for a lot of these horses. That was so bad on my behalf. Of course, she is riding Arapahoe, number 16, drawn 19. Is that <laughs> going to be a problem tomorrow out wide or is it an advantage with the heavy track? Look, it could go either way. Um, I think with the heavy track, it's going to throw all sort of form out the window and, and you know, barriers and, and anything can happen when, when we get a lot of rain if it does come, um, which kind of makes it a bit exciting because it could really be anybody's race even more so than, than usual. But um, 19 is not ideal, but she's a good rider. Um, he's a horse that looks to settle well. If she can just find a spot to get into a rhythm and relax, I think that's the main thing. Um, and then, yeah, I guess that comes into play after that. Now, it won't be quite the same without Damien Oliver not riding and James McDonald as well. They don't need the money, but it does give it a different shape, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, in a way, it's probably nice for some of the other riders to get a chance and an opportunity. Um, but it isn't the same without two of our greatest riders in the race. And I'm sure they'll be pretty lost sitting on the sidelines watching the race. They won't know what to do with themselves. They'll have to <laughs> find a spot up in the tower where... 
all of us other jockeys go when we don't have a ride. Um, but yeah, it, it is a bit of a shame. But at the same time, it's good for for the others to get an opportunity as well. As I said. Michelle, great insight you gave us of what the rain will do for our tipping and the cup and our betting. Tell us what it's like for a jockey when it just belts down. Um, yes, I was asked this earlier today. It, uh, you know, it does get to really heavy conditions. The thing is, when you are in a two-mile race, you've got to take into consideration how many pairs of goggles you put on oh. because it's got such a long way to go. It doesn't take long sometimes yeah. for your goggles to fill up with mud and you can't see. So usually what happens is sometimes jockeys will wear four, five, six pairs of goggles and wow. keep pulling them down as the race goes on. But the problem with that is, is if you wear too many and it's a bit steamy, they can get really fogged up and you can't see a thing. So it's uh, it's a bit of a tricky one in, in trying to work out what you want to do with that um, situation. For me, I usually wear a visor, which is like a clear screen that goes across your face. And a pair of goggles under that, but the problem with that is also if the visor gets covered in mud pretty quickly and you can't see, you've only got one pair of goggles underneath. So it does pose a bit of a problem. You've got to go out there prepared for anything, um, but everybody has their technique of what they do. Um, mm. For mine, it was the visor, as I said, and you could just give it a bit of a wipe if you needed to and hope for the best a bit. But um, yeah, it does certainly make for testing conditions and um, adds a bit of a, a, an extra element to the race. Now, we don't want to miss out on your tips. You've been dropping in and out a little bit. So one more question, then we'll get your tips. Now, I watched your movie. Now, I can't remember. I read this somewhere. There was a famous soccer player on the other side of the world that watched your movie and fell in love with you and he bought an expensive horse. Is that true? <laughs> bought three. Three, did he? Who, who was it? Was it a soccer player? He is a soccer player. He plays for um, Germany, Bayer Leverkusen. And what's his name? Uh, Sadar Aznoon is his name, and he loves horse racing. And we had a bit of success with one of his horses over the last few months. He won a couple of races and was placed and just got beat at Flemington, and she did very well. She's an exciting one for the autumn. So he's, he's very excited about that, and may, hopefully we'll make the trip out here for that. Right. Oh, it's, a, it's a great story. All right, no pressure, Michelle, but uh, give us your one, two, three, four. Oh. Uh, all right, well, I'm, I'm really keen on Realm of Flowers. I think that she ticks a lot of boxes. She's got 50 kilos, so she's in on the minimum. She's drawn barrier five, so she lands in a good position. She likes wet ground. She stays well, and she is in good form. So I just think it's very hard to look past her. Um, behind her, I like without a fight. I think of yes. the international team, my pick. I think it's hard to line them all up, but I, I love that he's by Theo Filio, who has seen win two of the last four Melbourne Cups. So... Um, I think he's got the breeding on his side. And I do like Knight's Order. I think that if we do get this rain, he's a big, strong, strapping horse who I think from Barrow 24, he'll be able to take his time to work across. Um, he's strong. He runs a good two miles, and he won the Sydney Cup and in very heavy conditions, and he ran third in the Coffin Cup just recently. So he's a bit of a roughie for me. And um, behind that, I thought maybe a horse like Luna Flair getting in on 51 and a half might be flashing home late, but I have changed my mind about 15 times, so you <laughs> <laughs> couldn't really choose anything else, but I just made a case for those ones a bit stronger than the others. Okay. I'll tell you what, I've got all four of those in my trifecta. Last question, how come you've overlooked the uh, very, very short price favourite in Dovell Legend? 
Um, I'm a bit concerned about him just being not quite there yet. I think he's he's just turned four. Um, he's still three in Northern Hemisphere times. Um, he's a very exciting horse. I think he's he definitely won. If it was next year, I'd 100% be on, on the bandwagon. But just a, a few question marks with the strength in, um, you know, finding the line in the two-mile race, which, which can be a bit of a hustle-bustle once you get out there. He, he may well prove me dead wrong, and I hope he does, because my brother-in-law is riding in. I know. In, so <laughs> the, <laughs> the kids will be up and about and very excited. But um, I just have my slight concerns with him with that. And um, when we've seen horses in the past, we've seen Greg Kidling, who um, came out a similar type of horse and won the race, he sort of drew a good barrier, landed three pairs back the fence, got a beautiful soft run up on the inside and had no weight. So just a bit of a different scenario for him carrying a bit of extra weight and, and the wet conditions, which he probably will have. I, I just thought he was a bit of a risk when you look at all the factors. And Kieran, would he be looking for his fourth Melbourne Cup win, would it be? Yeah, that's exactly right. It'd be amazing. It'd be um you know, joining, I think it's Glenn Boss is four and oh, and Damon Oliver and he'll be right up there. So it'll be very, very exciting. We'll have a good celebration afterwards if he does. So I hope I'm dead wrong and the horse proves <laughs> to be a champion and, and overcomes everything. Michelle, we know how busy you are. We really appreciate your time today. We look forward to watching you on Channel 10's Cup coverage tomorrow. It gets underway at 9.30 right through to 5 o'clock here on SA Time. And just quickly, that horse of yours in the last at Ballarat today, it's an each-way bet, is it? What's it called again? Uh, His name's Rambler Rebel. I think he's paying about $19. And uh, he's a big, strong, strapping horse. He'll be giving a fair sight for a long way anyway. He'll race on speed and he's He's very fast, so I'm looking forward to it and hopefully can win some of your listeners some money to, to put on a first four or a quaddy or something tomorrow oh. for the Melbourne Cup. Tell you what, if it gets up, you'll be even more popular than you already are. We really appreciate your time. Have a great day tomorrow, Michelle, and drive safely. Thanks a lot. Good luck. Cheers. Oh, I'm, I feel really excited, Rich. I've got... Uh, all four of her selections. So just yeah. quickly, Michelle Payne, uh, I'll go with numbers. Well, I'll do the lot. 24 to win, Realm of Flowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting very popular, that horse. Number six, Without a Fight, that's the overseas horse. Knight's Award, Gay Waterhouse, will go to the front. And Luna Flare, they say that it stays all day. It was vet checked today. It's got a little bit of filling in its left leg. Okay. Uh, so I'll have to have another vet check tomorrow. Right. All right, we need to take a break. Roach, uh, if you want to have your say, who wins the cup, let us know. We, we no, I'm just checking if we've got any prizes. I was going to do a nearest the pin, Rich. Oh, we won't do that. Have Forget it. I even thought it and okay. said it. All right, okay. let's go to a break. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rich. 420 on Northern Cup Eve. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. The run home, thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Just quickly, a text coming through after that chat with Michelle Payne. Boys, what are the numbers of the horses that Michelle Payne picked uh, for the Cup? That's from Mickle. Mickle, I can tell you, Michelle's numbers were 24 Realm of Flowers, number six, Without a Fight, number three, Knight's Order, and number 18, Lunar Flare. So that's 24, 6, 3, and 18. 
All right, Richie Reach, our next guest, one of our favourites, understands the pressure of riding in big races better than most. Uh, she won the Victorian Derby on a 100-to-1 pop. That was back in 2008. And in 2003, became the first female ever to run in ride in the race that stops the nation, Claire Lindop. Hello, Claire Bear. Good afternoon, guys. How are you going? We're Welcome missing you, Claire. Hey, what an exciting time. I know. Claire, I miss you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have, we haven't been doing the um, SA Bet Fair Edge at the moment. We're hoping to come back after the Good. carnival time. Hop in yeah, for a coffee. Melbourne Cup Spring Carnival. Kim yeah. will pay for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be right. <laughs> and you said how exciting it is. How exciting is it for a former jock or for a jock? Well, I just see this whole week of Flemington, the Melbourne Cup week, with Derby Day being such an exciting mm-hmm. day on Saturday, uh, Oaks Day on Thursday, and probably Stakes Day this year, the last day, shaping up to be a fantastic finish um, finale for the uh, Carnival too, with um, a couple of the big horses, big sprint horses that have raced in the Everest, clashing again with Geiger Kick and Nature Strip and a few others. So that looks like a really good uh, race day as well. But there is something special about the Melbourne Cup. Um, and thank you for mentioning, uh, you know, I got to be the first Australian female to ride in it back in 2003. And it's just one of those sort of, races that you always dream about being a part of as a kid. And um, I remember listening to the race call uh, in the afternoons at school. Um, mm. They'd play it over the school PA system. And mm. uh, even now at work, et cetera, people do a Melbourne Cup sweep. And I think, do think it's something that everyone gets excited about. Hard to believe it was 19 years ago. The horse was called Debon. Can you transport us back to that moment, how the ride came about and how the horse performed and how you were prior to the race and during the race? Well, um, I was incredibly nervous, very excited. Um, the, the ride came about through riding for Leon McDonald, who's a fantastic trainer here in South Australia and now co-trains with Andrew Lewis, his son-in-law. Um, I think the Melbourne Cup, I mean, every year there's, you know, 100-odd horses are nominated for the race trying to qualify. Um, and sometimes you can get into the race, and that's why it makes it so special, a real Australian kind of race. You get into the race by being a lightweight and you're qualified. Um, and being a handicap, um, you know, the the good horses that, that are in those races have to carry a lot of weight and you can sneak into the field with a lightweight and be a chance. Um, and so I got to ride Devon because she had 49 kilos and there was not many jockeys that can ride that light. So <laughs> well, they would have ride her at that lightweight. And yeah, the, the, the big build-up and the parade, uh, which would have been in Melbourne today, and um, getting to the race course early on, uh, you know, the Tuesday morning, um, it, it's really... This, to live the dream was pretty surreal. Um, I was lucky enough, again, to ride in the race three times in the end. Mm. And every time was a different experience. Um, I got to ride for Mark Cummings and also Terry and Carino Sullivan and, and ran fifth on Dolphin Joe in 2007. Um, but just the atmosphere, riding horses, standing in those barriers, at the top of the straight at Flemington, 24 horses in the field, which is a really large race to ride in. And the feel of the horse beneath you with its heart pumping as well. It just wants to run. And when they press that button, you charge down the straight the first time. It is electrifying. Yeah, it's really special to be part of that. And then the training kicks in and leaving the straight the first time, you have to get your horse into rhythm and breathing and it does become that true staying test. And uh, getting around the home turn from the last lap, horses are tiring. 3,200 metres is a long way for our horses. And um, the last sort of 400 metres in the straight, when you're trying to finish a top, you know, top 10 position is, is really um, quite um, significant. So it doesn't matter where you are in the field, you're still trying to, you know, beat anyone around you home. It's pretty electrifying. And being part of that out there is um, pretty indescribable and but really satisfying to be, to be able to say now, um, look back and reflect on those wins and, uh, well, and the rides I've had in the race.
So with all your knowledge, Claire, all your experiences, what do we do when we look at this Melbourne Cup field? How do we work our way through it? Oh, well, I've been trying to whittle away all my um, horses I've been following. I've been following Gold Trip, the top weight, yeah. trained by Kieran Maher and David Eustace, ridden by Mark Vara, top jockey. Um, he's been pretty unlucky. I thought he could win the Caulfield Cup and just got beaten by a lightweight. Mm-hmm. And then his Cox Plate race, um, you know, 10 days ago, he was pretty unlucky in the run. Um, Animo is a super horse and um, was beaten fair and square. But I think Gold Trip is something that does need some luck, and, but he might be a query at the distance. So is he so your number one pick? Going, yeah, well, going through, I've got a couple of numbers. Going through, um, I actually like that Michelle put in number 24, Elmer Flowers, the, the bottom weight, and I, I like that as well for a place. But I think you have to have Doville Legend on top, which is Kira ah. McAvoy, number eight. So they're my sort of numbers. So 1, 8, 24. 1, sure. 8, 24. And have you got a roughie? Um, well, I also like Who Your Mal, which is Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott and Craig William Rides. And, um, you know, I can't have them all. There's quite a few other ones I like as well. But, <laughs> yeah, I think Who Your Mal could be um, a bit of a smoky for Gay Waterhouse. All righty. We're giving out all the tips then. So you are tipping uh, eight, the favourite Duvel legend from Gold Trip, from Realm of Flowers and from Who Yay, Mal. So that is uh, 8, 1, 24, and 12. Where will you be watching I'm still going to miss it. <laughs> no, don't um, well, say that. Um, well, there is a function at um, Morfordville Races um, that I'll be there with Racing SA, um, but I do have a couple of other little commitments as well during the day. So, yeah, really exciting day. And um, Melbourne Cup day for I us. know it's a busy time for you, so we really appreciate you coming on. Just repeating your tips again 8, 1, 24, and 12. Have a great day tomorrow, Claire. We appreciate your time today. No worries. Cheers, guys. Good All luck. Right. Thank you. Bit Good. of a common thread there, Roots, with the old realm of flowers. Yes. Everyone's liking it. Um, bit risky, the favourite. $3.60 it is. Very the conditions are to cup. be added in. Yeah, very much so. All right, we're going to take a break. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 431, surprise, surprise, running late for the 430 news. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver, Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel All Wheel Drive. Um, we're not on tomorrow due to the huge coverage we have at the Melbourne Cup here on SEN. Right around the nation, it starts at 5.30. Uh, we will start off with Gareth Hall and Miles Fitzner, 7.30 to 9.30. Jared Waitley and Gareth Hall. Then 9.30 to 5pm, Cam Luke, Campbell Brand, David Taggart, who will be joining us in a few minutes' time, former six-time Group 1 winning jockey, and Miles Fitzner. Huge coverage. And later up in the show, on in the show, Roach, we'll be playing Jared Waitley's yes. Phantom call on the race. It goes for three and a half minutes. Quick one here though. Uh, oh, the natives are restless, restless Rooch. I get Porter developing a squad. This is in regards to the AFLW but they should have told their fans it would be a developing season. They said they would surprise other teams this year. Surprise how bad they were this year is accurate. Always an excuse. That's from Joe. Okay. Now, you well, had they've had news. three Rising Stars no- nominees. Hannah Ewings, Abby Dowrick and now Indy Tahu has added to that list, she is a round 10 Rising Star nominee. So they have three contenders, Port Adelaide. There you go. You can find a positive out of all the negatives if you look hard enough. 4.30 news coming up. Then we'll be talking to David Taggart. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. 
You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 37 on a Monday afternoon. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel all-wheel drive. We are live from Studio Lumo SA the day before the race that stops a nation. I'd like a dollar for every time that's been said by someone in the media. Well, we've heard from Michelle Payne. She gave her tips. We've heard from Claire Lindob. Let's find out from another top jockey. He's part of the SEN Track family. He's a six-time Group 1 winning jockey. Had an affinity for Flemington as well, Roach. David Taggart joins us now. Tags, thank you so much for your time. Oh, welcome, Kimbo and Roachie, and thanks for having me on. <laughs> no, we're well, looking pleasure. we're looking forward to it. You are a tipster extraordinaire. Before we get into your tips, though, um, take us back. The Melbourne Cup, what's it mean to you? Uh, it's, it's, oh, of course, it's a special race, uh, you know, the Cox Plate was probably the top of my agenda, but Melbourne Cup's not far off it. It's, well, it's, it's a race everyone knows, isn't it, the mm. Melbourne Cup? It's, uh, as they say, it's, it's not a race that stops the nation anymore. It's a race that stops the world. So There's a point. Everyone knows about it and everyone wants to win it. So on that point, David, I get a bit arky when people keep arguing that it should have been just an Australia-New Zealand race, that the internationals have changed it and not changed it the way they want to see it. Give us your perspective. What have the internationals given the Melbourne Cup? Well, it's, well, just, it's an added benefit, really. And, and we get to highlight these uh, European jockeys as well. Mm. We, we know Buick had a shocker on Saturday yes. as well as Jamie Spencer. But we're not going to go down that path like Frankie Torrey's only ridden one or two winners. He's yeah. been out here for 20 years. But, you know, that's another story. But we've seen Ryan Moore uh, dominate. But what, what it is, is sort of we got our nose up, you know, in the, when, when Vintage Crop won back in 93 and you sort of hum and bar, but the world's become so small now, and we're going mm. over there and winning their sprint races, and you know, we, we love to showcase the best horses, especially uh, with what's going on too, with the world as well, it's getting so soft, and uh, horse racing's at the front of it too, of uh, wanting to be cancelled. And how much smarter has the rest of the world got about bringing horses to Australia? Well, they know, they've done it right now, they know which horses to bring out. Okay. Uh, yep. they, they sort of, uh, Joe O'Brien, he sort of half-stuffed up early doors, but he's, he's starting to get that right. Uh, mm. But uh, with the scanning too now, it's, uh, it's sort of, that's becoming a bit of a worry. No, Ollie, no, J-Mac, does it, does it detract from the event a bit? Okay, Max still looking a week, all Harry White and Bobby <laughs> Lewis is four. So he's on Duval Legend. I'm actually surprised he's so short, this horse. Uh, he's, he's unknown on a wet track. Weather's going to play an all-important part here yes. tomorrow. It's going to be rain overnight, rain tomorrow. Who would know what the track's going to throw up, especially after they raced uh, nine races uh, on, on Saturday. Race seven is the Cup. So, you know, 16 races are going to you know, 15 races before the Cup's going to be on it. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's all important this weather. I know Flemington dries out pretty quick, but who knows if it's, if it's a wet track, uh, if his favourite will handle it. Now, Tags, you would have heard this a million times over the years, that jockeys are the worst judge. We've had uh, Michelle Payne on. Doesn't have the favourite in the top four. Yeah, Claire Lindop has picked the favourite. Which way are you going? I've, I've narrowed it down a nine. All <laughs> <laughs> right. I love it. Okay. I love it. <laughs> no, I've got to write nine. these down. Can we just go with your, your top four? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to be tipping the top weight. I'm not getting off him. I, had, I was tipped him in the Caulfield Cup when he just got beat. Gold trip. Okay, yep. uh, Dewey, she, she won't handle the wet track if it's wet, so forget about her. Mm-hmm. Monophilia be a big chance. Is that your second pick? Um, no, but I, I tell you what, there's horses, these Europeans, without a fight, and who ya Mal, Mal, they would have to be a chance. 
just looking at their form too and throw in the favourite. So you're going the six to come second. What a flight. Yeah, we'll go without a fight. Oh, we'll without a fight, sorry. And we'll, and we'll go, who ya, Mel? Yeah, not in order. All right. And what about if there was yeah. to be a big roughie? Because you don't know what you're going to get on the day, especially how the track could be. You got a roughie? Well, I'm throwing number seven in Kimura in the top nine. It's at $61. The Doesn't seven. race for a while, though, has it? No. Mm. A year. But that, that's, mm. that's the way they tend to, to do it over there. Yeah. Hey, it's a and huge hey, day. You've got a, you've got a big day tomorrow. It starts at 5.30 on SEN with uh, Gareth Hall and Miles Fitzner. Uh, how's Fitzy yeah, well, going won't... over there? Yeah, he tells us how good he is every day, so that's all right. <laughs> if we were using the racing vernacular, we sort of no. assisted him with his big chance on our show when he tipped Vow and Declare. I would describe him as a precocious colt that's a little bit flighty. Yeah, and over-raced, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, uh, he needs to tongue-tie on that little bit. But uh, Val and Declare, he'll be a chance tomorrow. He should have won the Bar Cummings. He had no luck in the Caulfield Cup. i tell you what, he's a chance tomorrow as well. Uh, there's a few smarties throwing out young Werther as something to throw no, into your moldies. No? Nah, not for me. Can't not stay or tra- can't handle the wet? Probably ability. Ability as well. As well. Oh, well, that puts a fair yeah. bit against him. Right. See, now I've got to reconsider things a little bit. So, David. Yeah, not, not bad. He's a horse that's nearly won 1.2 million, you know what I'm saying about ability. But, yeah, uh, yeah uh, he's another one that's had that 12 months off and he's had he, yeah. he hits his race fourth up. You can't underestimate Danny O'Brien, of course. So, David, you've pointed out the weather, the track. What's the best advice you can give on that front? Well, there's not much you can do. You just got to you probably the best thing you can do if you if you're having a bet, bet as late as you possibly can. Okay. Mm. All right, David. And, I tell you what, yep. I, I, and don't I don't forget the the Grays race. I reckon you guys can win it too. I love it. Yeah. Uh, beautifully done, Tags. We really appreciate it. So there yeah. you go. His top tip is the one gold trip. Have a great day tomorrow, David. Thanks, gentlemen. Good luck, David. David Taggart there, six-time mm. Group 1 winner. Only had it down to nine. Huge, yeah, well, that's what it's like. I can imagine. A uh, huge part of the SEN track family will be part of the coverage tomorrow. He was about to say that he won't be up at 5.30, but he'll be starting at around 9.30. He'll be on and off right through till 5 o'clock. You can hear it all here on SEN. So the ground staff at Flemington are under real pressure then, aren't they? Enormous pressure. Huge. You can't stop the rain, Rooch. Exactly. And they're going to go with a full it, card regardless, yeah, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Well, you never know what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, but true. it does drain very well, and it raced quite true on the weekend. So okay. fingers crossed that things will be okay. Indeed. All right, we're going to get to Jared Waitley and his uh, call of the uh, the race a little bit uh, later. We do have to go to a break shortly. Rich, it's funny. Um, uh, and these are a lot of the regulars here. These aren't people that are haters. After mm. Lauren Arnell's comments... Um, Here's one that's come through. It says, maybe Porter best not banging on about themselves all the time and just letting the football do the talking. Three flags in five years. We will surprise people, etc., etc." Now, I do like just get the job done. To me, that was always the port way growing up. Different world there now. And the other interesting one, when we went through that um, Essendon player who was sent to hospital after having that rather awkward moment at Albert and Oval yesterday... Mm. Maria Maloney, the Port Adelaide midfielder, has been hit with a two-match ban. I am staggered by that. We don't want players being injured. Yep. I'd have to see it again. I watched it three times when they showed it, when it was happening live, Rooch. I thought the girl, Port Adelaide girl held her arm, brought her to the ground. There weren't two motions. The girl, the momentum of her body. described as a sling tackle. I don't think, well, 
smarter minds than mine, I'd be having a good look at it and challenging that. That's, okay. a, that's a big penalty, that is. The girl stand. fell awkward. That was more about her as well. Um, here's another one, boys. I missed the start of the show, but has it been discussed that Port were number one in the competition for sponsorship dollars in the AFLW? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Commercial um, return, number one. That alone is a fabulous achievement. Add memberships and crowd numbers. The season was successful by most measures. That's from Phil. Yeah. Phil, I, I agree with you. My expectations in terms of win-loss weren't that high. No, mine. Start of the year, Roots, no, I said, mine. they win two. Yep. That's where I reckon they'll be. Yep. They win three. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, we know the long game. We've got history yeah. to oh, make those opinions on. Yeah. There's a long game being played there. Yeah. But they've put down a good foundation. I think they did. So yeah. if you're a Port supporter, you should be bullish about next year and, and more so the year after. Alrighty, just a reminder, Abby Ballard from the Adelaide Crows coming up next, affectionately known as Baz. At five o'clock, Burat Sundarasan to talk about tonight's game, Australia v Ireland. Then we'll have some doggy tips. That's all coming up. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Kimbo and the Roots with you on a Monday afternoon on the eve of the race that stops a nation. Just a reminder, tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel all-wheel drive. We are live from Studio Lumo SA. Coming up after 5 o'clock, we'll be talking cricket with the guru of the world game, Burat Sundarasan. Australia takes on Ireland at 6.30 tonight at the Gabba. The Crows have played their way into another final series reach. They've got the double chance. They're in a spot of bother again. Yeah, you picked this one well. They finished third and they do get the grand final rematch in their qualifying final against Melbourne all the way at Princes Park, the suburb of Carlton. Friday night final. So they've got the blockbuster occasion. Are they ready for it, Kim? Well, I hope so. Let's find out from someone more qualified than us. They won by 16 points. That sounds good on paper. It was another (laughs) one of those games where they had to pull it out of the fire again. (laughs) They were in a spot of bother. Let's go to our little pocket rocket, uh, Baz, Abby Ballard. Hello, Abs. Hi, guys. How are you going? Well, our blood pressure is rising. You keep teasing (laughs) us with these results. Oh, I know. It was a bloody close game. Definitely, yeah. Didn't start the way we wanted to on the weekend, but at least we could finish. Well, we've seen this happen yep. against Essen and happen against Geelong, and that's the Richmond. positive. Yeah, you can finish. Um, we take nothing away from the opposition. Do you think you've got your eyes on the prize, maybe? Is that why you're having these slow starts? You know, I don't know what happened on the weekend. I think it was just, yeah, just a lack of starting well this week. But I think, yeah... We know what we're in finals now. I think that's going to really fill us with a bit of fire. And I think, yeah, this week, hopefully, we come out a bit different and we start the game well and finish well. Now, fingers crossed, Chelsea Randall may be back. We're not sure. We'll have to wait and see. Is there a bit of heat on for positions? How are you feeling about your position? Six disposals, nine tackles. You're a little tackling machine. Are you happy with your form? Yeah, I've been pretty happy with my form. I mean, it's always nervous. You never know what they're going to do with the team. But hopefully, yeah, after the weekend, I can playing my first finals, so that would be really exciting. But, yeah, hopefully hopefully Chelsea Randall's back and she'll be a very good inclusion for the week. You say you're always nervous. Uh, they've got a lot of support staff and a lot of help through the coaching panel, not just Doc. Do they get around you after every game individually? Yeah, each line coach gets around the players pretty well. And 
after after the weekend, you have your individual review, and yeah, they're always pretty good to you, and always help you and get get you get you up and about, and tell you what you've done well. So yeah, no, it's definitely definitely get you up and about. Abby, do you like the thought of kicking off the finals first up Friday night, or would you like a bit more time to prepare? Yeah, no, I think it's a pretty pretty exciting to be the first final on a Friday night. Yeah, it's a good time, and yeah, I think it should be. Should be a pretty good game as well. Yeah, very exciting. Now, a lot of the girls would have seen Icon, Icon Park. That's the old Princess Park. Have you played there before? No, I haven't yet. So should be should be pretty good to have a hit out there. Have they spoken about that? There hasn't been too much talk about it yet, but I think tonight after training, yeah, we'll have a bit more bit more info on it. Well, take us through this week. You have training uh, tonight. Um, how's the rest of the week pan out, and when do you fly over? Um, well, we train tonight. We train Wednesday. I'm not 100 percent sure yet when we fly out, but I imagine it'll probably be be either Thursday, Arvo, and be be in Melbourne Friday for the day, getting prepared. So we'll see how it goes, and hopefully, hopefully we prepare well and be out there for a fair crack on Friday night. As we said, uh, there's been a few close games, but it's been a largely successful season. Uh, some of the positive that are happening in recent weeks is the form that's coming back to Ash Woodland and Daniel Ponta. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those girls have come out and hit the scoreboard when it's been when they needed to and have helped us get in front. And yeah, it was great to see them both hit the scoreboard on the weekend and Danielle to get the first couple goals and then Ash to finish off and get us in front. Yeah, it was great. It's funny how these things work out, Abby. You start your campaign against Melbourne at Glenelg Oval. It wasn't the result you expected. Mm. You start your finals against Melbourne. Ten weeks on, what have you learnt about dealing with the Demons? Well, I think first first round it was just first first game nerves. Everyone was a bit excited. It was a bit excited to see what was going to happen, and we definitely didn't get the result that we wanted to. But I reckon this week we've improved as a team, and we know what it's going to take to try and beat them. It's just we've got to come out and pressure and contest is going to be what's going to win us the game. And scoring wise, it's so a bit erratic as well the way you're scoring. What are we, what are you thinking there? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we can come out and kick straight, and yeah. hopefully, when we get into our fifty, we can hit the scoreboard. So yeah, hopefully, yeah, we can do what we need to, and just as long as we up by that one point at the end of the game, that's, that's the all key. that matters, really. <laughs> that's the key. Uh, they are very consistent at kicking more behinds than Funny goals, that, isn't un- it? Un- unfortunately. Hey, we speak to a lot of the girls throughout the uh, season. Uh, the biggest improver, one of, is Chelsea Bedell, but mm. uh, Caitlin Gould uh, doesn't get as much coverage and recognition as what we think she should. No, Gouldy is an unreal player. She's, yeah, phenomenal in the ruck, marks the ball, takes the most specky marks around the ground. Yeah, she's an unreal player, and yeah, it would be lost if she wasn't in our team, that's for sure. Abby, when you're watching Ebony Marinoff and company in that midfield, do you become like us? You just sit there and think, how good are some of your teammates? Oh, definitely. Sitting on the bench, just watching them play. You sit there and you get so excited in what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. that Unreal players are phenomenal. And it's just amazing to get out there and play with them, especially Ebony Marinoff in the midfield. And you learn so much from them. It's great. And uh, we had the great pleasure of speaking to the, your Irish recruit from West Coast Eagles, Neve Kelly, last week. She could speak underwater with a mouthful of marbles. She was an absolute ripper. <laughs> she is a ripper, yeah. She's definitely been great inclusion into our team. She's fitted in so well and She's been playing some unreal football the last couple of weeks, so it's really exciting to have her back in the team after her injury. But, yeah, no, she's she's unreal. And gives you a little bit of leg speed as well? 
Oh, absolutely. She is so quick. It is ridiculous. Like, no one can catch her. No one can keep up with her. She's Mm. just unreal. Well, Baz, you're an absolute ripper. This is where you have to do it on the big stage. The finals kick off on Friday night. The Crows take on Melbourne at Icon Park. The game gets underway at 6.40. You'll have the eyes of the nation. No pressure on you, but this will be a big game. We wish you all the very best. No, thank you very much for that, guys. Really appreciate it. Good on you, Baz. Abby Ballard. That's her nickname, Baz Roach. It's an interesting final, this one, isn't it? We know it's going to be what we've seen this year. Clash, yeah. yeah, Brisbane is clearly the pace clubhouse leaders by yep. a mile. Yep, Melbourne Adelaide is an interesting matchup for the first final, isn't it? Oh, I think they're very similar. Yeah, and and you don't want to put it on one player, but if Chelsea Randall is an enormous part of whether how far Adelaide go. So the key here: win home preliminary final, yep. and you avoid being on that side of the draw with Brisbane. That's all the advantages, all the things that are on the line on Friday night. I think this is the grand final. I think yeah, you I get lose what you this year, yeah, you, 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 you don't yeah. give yourself a chance if you lose this. Because on a, one off, yeah. on a one-off with Brisbane, anything could happen. I'll get you there. You're right. You don't want to be on that side of the draw. Mm, yeah, all, all, all very exciting. Uh, just a reminder, 6.40 on Friday night, if you can, Whack the box on or listen on SEN. We'll be covering all the AFLW action. And we'll give you an update on uh, Chelsea Randall right throughout the week. Mm. I think she's a sneaky chance. I think they've got to roll the dice. I watched the doc get interviewed over the weekend. And he didn't give a lot away. But I just thought he erred on the positive side. Yep. And he doesn't like to give a lot of win. The reward on that one. Coming up to the uh, five o'clock news, we're right on it. In fact, uh, after that, we're talking cricket. Australia takes on Ireland. There was a time, Roach, this would be an easy kill. Not the case. And I think we've seen in this World Cup, you don't take anything for granted in short-form cricket. Yeah. And Ireland has quite a record at the moment. Well, they're a good form. bowling attack. Yep. Uh, hopefully the team is out. It, I know it doesn't get announced till about the time of the yep. toss. Uh, and that's going to be critical, the toss, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, hopefully Burat Sundarasan will have some information on that. That's coming up next. This is Kimbo on the Roach. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Two minutes past five, Kimbo on the Roach with you. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Time for a T20 World Cup update. Thanks to Host Plus. That's a plus. Let's go to the uh, the guru himself. He travels the world, the global cricket guru, Burat Sundarasan, because Australia take on Ireland tonight. Burat, appreciate your time again. No worries at all, guys. Always an absolute pleasure. Yeah, we're just two hours away from, um, or actually just an hour and a half away from that game. Are you up at the Gabba? Uh, I just need to finish drying my hair and then I'm catching the bus to the Gabba. So I'll be there uh, <laughs> half an hour before the talk. Don't worry. Now, well, given your due, that could take some time. Uh, Barrett, is anyone filming your room as they're doing with Virat Kohli? Oh, my God. Isn't I that something? That so I'm someone is video has done a video by clearly by their phone of Virat Kohli's room. Now, how did this get out? Um, I, I think whoever you know entered his room and for some reason I don't know how they got into his room. Well, that's and, a big and a question. Hotel with so much security, like yeah, I don't know if it, it was someone related to someone working there. It has to be something like that. Otherwise, you won't you won't expect a random person to because these floors are well guarded as well when the teams are staying. So, yeah, someone's just gone in there, recorded videos, and just put it up on social media. Uh, bizarrely, I don't know. It's like, it, it, it is scary. I mean, imagine if yeah. you are Virat Kohli. He travels the world with his wife and his child. So, mm. uh, it's just terrible. I mean, it just tells you. There's fandom, and then there's uh, madness like this. And right. I really hope whoever 
has done it, and he gets punished. So I'm gathering, apart from that, should never happen. The the room, it wouldn't be the standard room, would it? Be fairly. Uh, uh, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> I'm sure it, it looked like a, a like a suite, but uh, yeah, this again tells you like how, how in the world someone managed to break through security and get into it. I know we're not in a COVID bubble, but yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, no wonder Virat has put that uh, post out about being very, very worried and scared. All right, this is, a, uh, this is a big game tonight at the Gabba. Hopefully the weather's going to be okay. Can you update us on that? Uh, the weather's much uh, better than what we've seen everywhere else. Uh, funnily enough, it was really warm and uh, humid uh, the last couple of days, which is good. It felt like summer. Uh, but it's become a little cloudy today. Uh, tomorrow, the forecast is supposed to be terrible for England, New Zealand, and Sri Lanka, Afghanistan. Uh, but uh, hopefully the rain uh, stays away from tonight's game. It should. The, the forecast is not for any rains this evening. Uh, and we should get a full game, Australia and Ireland. And it's good that it's starting at 6 p.m. Yeah, so it's an hour and 25 away. Are you expecting any changes for Australia? Uh, I mean, just they had a very hectic training session yesterday. It was... Uh, yeah, all in. Everyone was there. It was supposed to be an optional training session, but everyone was there having a long kid. Warner and Finch had, what, an hour and a half between them. Steve Smith as well. Uh, copped a blow on the finger, but recovered and batted a long time. I mean, the only change I can see is Steve Smith uh, coming in. Mm-hmm. But then again, the question is whose place does he come in? Has, could it be Mitchell Marsh? Could it be Tim David? I mean, I I, I suggested uh, an option to Aaron Finch, not that he hasn't thought of it before, about maybe playing Cam Green as opener and Aaron Finch comes down at number four to play that glue role. Uh, so there are lots of permutations and combinations they can uh, go with. Uh, and Finch sounded pretty confident that whatever they go in with, he'll like back it okay. 100%. Now, the toss of the coin. If you win it, what do you do? Has the theory gone from chasing a total to now setting a total? Well, I, I remember saying it on this show before the World Cup began, that it's going to be a defending uh, kind of World Cup. You know, the conditions okay. that we've seen. Uh, and But having said that, Aaron Finch is so much more comfortable, uh, you know, fielding first and chasing down totals. Uh, though he does talk about conditions and having to adapt to it, I don't know whether they'll move away from it. And also, don't forget, they need to keep in mind that net run rate as well. Yeah, I mean, he said that you need to earn your right to yeah. play for net run rate, but Australia have no choice. So so what, they'll have to look into that as well, what suits them well in terms of like bumping up that net run rate. Yeah, Brad, I know you're drawing your hair and you're the Dave Grohl lookalike, <laughs> but uh, we've got to ask the serious questions. Uh, you also said a couple of weeks ago that Ireland should not be underestimated. They've got a pretty good attack. How do you think this will unfold tonight? Oh, I mean, they have a very um, seasoned attack. These guys have been playing together for a while. Josh Little is one to walk, watch out for. Left armor. Aaron Finch uh, could be in trouble. You know, he brings the ball back in. Uh, and even the likes of Barry McCarthy and uh, Mark Adair have been around for a while. So if there's anything anything at all on the pitch or in the air, uh, they'll make the most of it. And, and you know, they've hidden away from the from the spotlight, but Ireland have played some really strong, solid T20 cricket in the last 12 months or so. Yeah. So they're a well-rounded unit and cannot be taken lightly. So your projection now for this group, so New Zealand, you would expect, tops it? Mm-hmm. England yeah, or Australia uh, for second spot? Uh, England's run is the toughest, you would think, because yeah. they have to play New Zealand tomorrow and there is uh, every possibility that that game could be washed out. And that leaves them um, in a very difficult position. They just have Sri Lanka to uh, play against 
in Sydney. Uh, again, Sri Lanka played a very poor game against New Zealand. You expect them to bounce back. So England's route from here is uh, you would expect it to be a lot more difficult than Australia's. Not underestimating Ireland or Afghanistan, but you would just back Australia to get through those games. Hey, this is not insignificant. It's a World Cup. We're trying to establish who the world champions are as a nation. Yet this whole tournament can be decided because of the fate of the weather. Should there not be contingency plans? And why weren't games scheduled, backup games for Marvel Stadium? Um, I mean, you know, Adam Finch was asked this question yesterday with the Marvel, Marvel Stadium thing. And he said it's not possible to just move the pitch. They, they weren't even sure whether the, the drop-in pitch has uh, already been mm. put in place at the Marvel Stadium. Uh, I think, But it's a World you know, Cup. They had plenty of time to plan. It it is, it is. And I think uh, maybe nobody expected the weather to turn sour as it has in the last couple of months. I mean, we've, it's been wet and wild all around Australia. Uh, and, you know, these schedules or fixtures get fixed uh, well in advance. Uh, so even though maybe they expected some weather, maybe yeah. not as extreme weather as it's happened. So some sympathy for the organizers as well. They've been caught napping. Uh, but maybe like Finch suggested, having two games in the same venue may not be uh, such a great idea because you're losing both games like we saw the other day. Exactly. All right, we look forward Mm. to your coverage tonight on SEN. Who would have thought a couple of years ago that Steve Smith wouldn't be able to crack this side, but he can't at the moment. It gets underway at 6.30 and you are tipping again? Um, I think um, Australia should uh, go through and I was also asked to like look up a few horses for the Melbourne Cup. Yes, yes. I (laughs) I am no expert, but I'm going to go with the name that caught my eye. Uh, because I'm a big heavy metal fan and I just love the sound of wow and declare. It sounds like seek and destroy. Uh, so I'm backing wow and declare to go all the way. Well, some of the Smarties give it a good chance and it won the big race three years ago. Hey, Barat, wow. as always, thank you very much. Get back to your hair. You've got a beautiful do. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. Have a great evening. Uh, Barat Sundarasan, he's an absolute uh, beauty. Looking forward to watching the cricket. Watch it to 1am last night when South Africa caused an upset over India. A couple of interesting texts before we go to a... Uh, a break, Rooch. And, and during the five o'clock news, I quickly had a look at the incident with Maria Maloney again. So I've watched it now five times. This text from Mickle says, boys, Port should challenge the match. Ban, Kimbo is right. The girl tackled her by the arm and the other girl fell awkwardly. Play on. There was no free paid when the play resumed. So the umpires didn't think it was dangerous. But Maria Maloney was on the ground. So how can it be a slinging action? Oh, I'm not sure, Kim. Oh, I've watched it again. So I, she, I she think it should be down, challenged. Well, she... She grabs the Essendon player's arm. Yep. The Essendon player keeps running, and you can see she's paddling with her feet to the point where she's lost con- you know, control on. And Maria's her. already on the ground. Yeah, and she falls over and lands on her neck. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how they put that responsibility on Maria Maloney. Oh, so what, what do you do now? If you're grabbing someone, you, I better let them go in case they fall she's still fa- She still would have fell, yeah, fallen. It's, so um, then what do you do? Then it's no report because you no longer have, you're involved in the tackle. It's a severe penalty. And, Seems extraordinary. Uh, and I, just don't think it's a reportable offence. It's an unfortunate football accident. Yeah. All right, just quickly, Reese, before we go to a break, we've got our uh, the human dog coming up, Toddy Gray. Uh, I was with Mike Dobbin from Again Real Estate. We had uh, Derby Day down at the Alma with Rue. It was a wonderful day yes. after Mike had done a lot of work, Reese. Oh, He's getting yeah, a bit right. narky with you right, having a yeah. crack at his uh, work. He work couldn't even ethic. spell it. Roach, he doesn't work. He lets Zoe Ball and the gang do all the work. If he cancels his support for our show, it's coming, out of, coming out of your pocket. He pie. won't because he wouldn't find the effort to do it. You know, he loves getting a mention. Uh, Roach, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> <laughs> He's all right with the toupee, not yeah, with his work really? ethic. Yes. Um, how many opens did they have? 34. 
30, don't get grumpy with me. Uh, <laughs> how many groups of buyers went through those 34 properties? 411. 411. All greeted by Mike, yeah, I must say. Don't suck up now. How many <laughs> offer forms were made on those 34 properties? 116, and he had a pen for every one of them. I can tell you that 21 of those have already sold, and the rest of them will. That's right. why, Roach, everywhere you go, there's a sign popping up saying, sold by him again, again, and we love Mike Dobbin. <laughs> A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 5.16 and a half, almost done for another day. Our World Cup update was thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. Uh, let's go to one of our favourites now, thanks to Greyhound Racing SA. No one runs the dogs like South Australia. The human dog. Yeah. The human dog. The human dog. The human dog. The human dog. I'm not sure the if it's even dog, funny, but uh, we like it. Toddy Gray joins us every week. Now on Mondays, how are you, Toddlington? Oh, I, I feel about 10 kilos lighter, lads. I finally got the monkey off yes. the back on Thursday. Yes, finally. About, about sodding time. Yes. <laughs> yes, your best bet last week was race two, number one. It was the lawnmower, Victor Speed. We loved it. What have you got tonight? What's your best bet? Uh, best bet tonight, lads. Race eight, number seven, Sunset Toxic. You can't do more than win. This bloke's won five in a row. Uh, I can't see why he won't go straight to the front. If he goes straight to the front, he wins for mine. So race eight, number seven, Sunset Toxic to lead all the way. Terrible name. Sunset's a beautiful, not toxic. What about your other best bet? Uh, Nice and early. Race one, number two, Arrested. Um, I reckon this favourite's very beatable. He's the fastest dog in the race, but he's a bit of a doofus when it comes to a full field. He can run up parked cars. I reckon we jump okay, and I reckon we rail hard and we hit the line well. So race one, number two, arrested each way. I love it. So that's race eight, number seven, Sunset Toxic. The other best bet, race one, number two, arrested. That's what should have happened to Roach years ago. You may have heard there's a Melbourne Cup on tomorrow, not for dogs, but for thoroughbreds. Do you have a tip for us? I do. Uh, You'll you'll hear me shouting pretty loud. It's number nine, Stockman, happens to win or run a place. Um, I like the jockey, I like the trainer, and I like the form he has on the wet track. And as we all know, it's going to be a wet one tomorrow. Yes. So number nine, Stockman in the cup. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, there's a few people uh, throwing that out as a, uh, a roughie or a ladies bet. I don't know why they say that. <laughs> Betting should be equal. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, shortening a little bit. Hey, uh, we appreciate that, Toddy. Have a wonderful day tomorrow. Are you doing any stand-up? Are you hosting any gigs? Uh, no, I'll be working at Morfittville on the track and then I will be going down to the Crown and Anchor to do a cheeky five-minute spot afterwards. So a little, little bit of stand-up. Pick okay. a goal on both fronts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what are you charging for a little bit of stand-up in case we're having a... You know, no. Roach has got his 60th coming up. Oh, beauty. No, I, the Crown and Anchor is actually one... A, it's a free room. Um, and, yeah, we, I'm just trying out some new material. So let's think or swim tomorrow night, lads. Oh, well, good luck with it. Love your work, Toddy. There he is from Greyhound Racing SA. No one runs the dogs like South Australia. That was well, 60th what? Birthday party. Oh, that's ages away. Well, we said it's coming up. Oh, that's true. I didn't yeah, give you I'm respectful. Yeah, yeah, long, long, long oh, way. Long, long way. way. Away. I'll be lucky if I well, get there. Jared Waitley is an absolute beauty. He is a part of SEN's coverage of the Melbourne Cup. 
tomorrow, which starts at 5.30. Geraldo will be calling the Cup as well. He's done it for many, many years. Did it back with the ABC. Yes. So 5.30, 7.30 tomorrow, Melbourne Cup Day with Gareth Hall and Miles Fitzner. Goes right throughout the day with Jared, And then they're joined by Cam Luke, Campbell Brown, David Taggart and Miles Fitzner again. All right. This is what uh, – what have we got a minute? I've got to time this perfectly, Have Rich. you given us your tips? Oh, <coughs> Gee whiz, thank I you. can't offer you anything. That was Lionsy Count coughing in the background, yes. not me. I've got blame work for it for two weeks. Right. Um, look, Roach, I do like the uh, 18, the 24, sorry. Mm. I'm just trying to find the girls' tips. Uh, I'm very similar to Michelle Payne. I like Realm of Fails, number 24. I like uh, Without a Fight, and I also like Luna Flair, but that's subject to a vet check. Mm. Uh, and Knight's Order could be a good roughie as well because it loves the wet. And you want to throw another one in? Gold Trip, which was tipped by Claire Lindop. Right. Okay. I think it is cherry ripe. All right, here we go. This is Jared Waitley. And uh, Jared has done a phantom call. I've got to time it perfectly, yes. guys. We'll leave you with Jared's call of the Melbourne Cup as he sees it. Yeah, not yet, though, Roach. We've got to do it at 5.21.35 seconds exactly, which means I've still got 50 seconds to go, okay? Well, what advice would you give me on going through the field tomorrow? Uh, I just think it'd be a waste of my breath to do it. No, no, but there are people listening who are in my field where we're not experts. In just racing. look for something that can handle a wet track, Rooch. All right, and listen to the experts because that's what they are. They do yep. it for a, a living. Mm, that's okay. the best advice I could so give you. You want me to ring Miles Fitzner? Uh, yeah, so it would be better than, yeah, yeah. it would be a wise move. He's very and good in this field. There's about uh, a minute and a half, the worst padding you've ever seen. Can we go to him now or not? Oh, we can. This is Jared Waitley with the phantom call of the 2022 Melbourne Cup. Have a great day tomorrow. And good luck, everyone. Gates crash back and they are away in the 2022 Melbourne Cup. They broke in a good line. Dover Legends stepped cleanly, as did Gold Trip. Do a snagging back with Luna Flair and without a fight. Montefilia is angling forward, as is Realm of Flowers and Dowan Declare. Emissary will settle in the back portion of the fields. Down by the 2800, they're settling out in order and the pace is coming from out wide. Knight's Order and Serpentine are surging on from their outside draws. Numerian kicks up down low with Smoke and Romans, who's going to be prominent. Realm of Flowers on their backs with Grand Promenade and Vow and Declare. Young Verder and Charlie Rose left with the task of trying to find the way in. Next, Montefilia. The middle of a line of three. Interpretation the rail and Kimura is perched out on a limb past the post the first time. Dobell Legend right on midfield from Gold Trip. Daquan Sweet Jr. Then without a fight, higher motion and Stockman. Hu Yamal is in the last half dozen as they put the grandstands behind them. Next, Luna Flair, Duace, Emissary is a long way back and Arapahoe tailed off. It's a fiercely run Melbourne Cup as the field strings out down the riverside. Knight's Order at the strong gallop. Serpentine slithers up alongside him. Then Numerian in third from Smoke and Romans fourth. Thou and Declare races with the stablemate Young Verta. Grand Promenade, Charlie Rose and Realm of Flowers travelling sweetly. Montefilia Interpretation and Kimura not having much luck past Chiquita Lodge. Without a fight, eager to improve. Dover Legend and Gold Trip biding their time. Hu Yamal is on the move from Daquan Sweet Jr. Higher Motion and Stockman, Luna Flair, two aces easing out. Emissary and Arapahoe still sees them all. At the 800, Knight's Order forever giving them something to chase with a bold showing out front. He's seen off Serpentine and it's Smoke and Romans who picks up the pursuits. 
Grand Promenade Realm of Flowers and Ballad Declare moving up from Montefilia and Interpretation. Dogal Legends in the ruck. Gold Trip has the favourites back looking for the way through. Huyamal Luna Flair hooking out. Duace and Emissary swing widest into the straights. Homeward bound in the cup. Grand Promenade moves up alongside Knight's Order. Realm of Flowers poised to make a line of three. Montefilia's into the clear with interpretation. Dovell Legend about to see daylight with Gold Trip, Duace and Emissary the Swoopers. Realm of Flowers took the front of the clock tower. Dovell Legend got the split. Interpretation and Gold Trip coming on strong and Duace and Emissary closing hard in a thriller. Realm of Flowers by length. Gold Trip in for the fight from Interpretation and Emissary. Realm of Flowers fights for all she's worth and with the pull in the weights, the cup is back in the hands of the Freedmans. Realm of Flowers just from Gold Trip, Interpretation and Emissary. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91